Iowa everywhere. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. What is up? Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris here on Thursday, the 25th of January. My name is Chris Williams, joined as always by Chris Hassel in Florida. Matt Van Winkle produces our program each and every week, twice a week. You can watch us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, hopefully soon on TikTok. we got to got to cross 10,000 followers Need We're you all still to, not to 10,000 followers. We're still not there yet. Right, like 9,400. What 9, the hell is going on? We're close. We're getting there. We're, we're getting there. That's Jesus. why I keep pubbing it. That's why I keep pubbing it. Uh, we are presented, as always, by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. Here live from the Channel Seed Studios. It was a wild Wednesday night. I was at Hilton Coliseum. But it was crazy because 8 o'clock tip, I, I didn't really sleep last night because... I had to watch the Iowa game. Uh, the Iowa State women played. Drake had a double overtime thriller with the, that they ended up on the losing side. There's so much that happened last night. And Hassel, I was uh, at one of the most dramatic, like just weird games that I can recall in a, in a while uh, between Iowa State and Kansas State where Jerome Tang and his staff were just, were just mad. Um, the the crowd at Hilton Coliseum. Chris, I'll start. I, I've been doing this a long time. I don't know if I can remember a specific time where a coach just completely blew a game like Jerome Tang did, I think, for Kansas State. His team comes out in the second half, a barrage of three-point shots. They're playing so well. And something happened at the eight-and-under timeout where Tang and his staff were, were visibly very upset. But what they did was agitate the Iowa State crowd to a point where these people just completely came to life at this point. And the last eight minutes were as nasty as I recall Hilton in a, in a long, long time. Did it come across on TV that way? Because it, it was wild being oh, in the middle yeah. of that. Oh, it came across. And in fact, it was such a such a whiplash type thing when the Iowa game ends I just got done watching two hours of basketball at the Carver morgue and then it <laughs> flips to to Hilton and I go over there and every seat's filled the students have everything packed now it didn't really explode until the second half but when it did man that crowd Ugh. was vicious and then you got the Jim Carrey character stealing the night with the oh why don't you cry a little bit more Jerome why don't you go give me some cheers and then the old man the old man's like I tear he's bouncing up and down I just I don't know if Iowa State was going to win that game I honestly Kansas State was out playing until them when second. until until the under eight timeout when everything kind of hit the fan. Yeah, I mean Kansas State was out playing them. I mean Iowa State couldn't hit a free throw. the The offense was just completely out of sync compared to what it was in the first half. 
Iowa State was playing fine defensively. I honestly, I just give Kansas State a ton of credit. They were hitting a ton of really tough threes. They were contested, right? And they were just hitting shots. And then Tang and his staff, I still don't know exactly what they were upset about. I was told after the what? game I was I was concerned just because they kept pointing into the crowd. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no, I hope nobody said anything like offensive. Right. Right. I didn't I, and I, I know I wasn't the only person that it felt like that, but that I was told by multiple sources that was not the case. So what um, what the hell was it? Because I, I I heard what Tang said after the game that he wanted to keep it between he and TJ. Did TJ say the same thing? Yes, they both hmm. I'm guessing that those two after the post-game handshake, probably met up and said, let's keep this to ourselves. I, that, that, that's my theory on this. Uh, Brandon is on YouTube, and I heard this too, and it kind of looked like it, that um, he says he heard a rumor that one of Kansas State assistants thought somebody behind the bench was filming during timeouts, which would add up to a note that I made around the same time where Kansas State moved its huddle out to like center court and Tang was in a different spot in the huddle compared to where he was. So it, which like the whole thing was weird though, because what is in, in the middle of this really crazy intense, I mean, like an MMA fight out there, the, he, he approaches Otzelberger and, in the middle of this, like, what is the coach supposed to do at that point? Like, it, it was super, it was super weird. I'm not, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. And there's Kelly Self getting involved right there and pushing him back. Um, <laughs> just a really, really weird sequence of events. I saw a Kansas State assistant coach swearing at Iowa State's managers during that same timeout. So there's two managers that sit beside me. They are behind the basket. And their job, I, I'm assuming they're like on younger the Kansas State side. Yes, and they are like mopping the floor at timeouts. That's their job. These man, they don't have ball. They don't have like little kids that do that anymore. The managers are in charge of it. And one of the Kansas State assistants was yelling at them, calling them cheaters at one point. So hmm. it was it was really really bizarre. But back to the game, it totally changed the game. It was a stupid, stupid move. Like, I being ups- if if Tang was that upset about it, 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 he, what he did was he he drew so much attention to it, and then these Iowa State fans are just man, you they're like a shark with blood out there. Once they feel like they're under your skin, then they just went crazy from that point, and the team fed off of it. I don't know if Iowa State wins without that. Then Tang got the technical. And that was the game. They, what did he do? They never showed it on TV. They never showed what got him the technical. Well, we, we know the play leading up to it. That was a BS call, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it was a terrible a call. Terrible call. Momchilovich just fell over. Oh, that that was and so I get the frustration there. And Tang he, said all he did was throw his arm up. He did, and he did one of those things. I I believe, and I sit right by the opposing team's bench. I think that he had, he was begging for that technical all night. Like I mean, that guy, it, he was hooting and hollering and just complaining about it. I think that at that point, the official had just had enough was my – because he really didn't do much to get the technical. I was watching Coach Tang the entire time. I think it, it was just a deal that 
38 minutes into this thing, the official was like, all right, screw this. And he threw the T. So it, it wild, wild night. Um, I, again, I thought Hilton was rather tame in the first half because Iowa State had like a 10-point lead the whole way. Iowa mm-hmm. State's crowd has this weird way of getting loud when it needs to more so than like just be loud all the time. It, it This crowd has like a weird way of like inserting itself into the game. And I I don't think they win that game last night without it because the offense was really rough there in the second half. But man, just a freaking – that's two games now, two big 12 games at Hilton that have been like near fights. It's a freaking blast to watch, though. I'm I'm like still giddy about it this morning because it's just it's so fun to be in the like and just watching them go I think at it is, like that. Is even more fun for Iowa State fans is looking ahead at what's next. I mean, you already have students camping out for the for the Kansas game this weekend. That place is going to be even more crazy for that game, and you're sitting there, you know toward the top of the standings. You just knocked off a team that was tied for first. And I, I give Kansas State credit. I mean, what was the line in this game? Eight? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Eight wow. and a half, they're, they're, Iowa they're State's still covered. better giving them credit for it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I know It was a joke cover. Yeah, but I, it was. That was a, if you bet Kansas State, you were pissed at the end of that one because they totally outplayed yes. what that line no, was. No question. That was, and I, I, I think Iowa State's a little bit lucky that Tyler Perry didn't hit some of those shots. I covered him a lot at uh, North Texas, and that guy was an assassin, and he did every open shot, and he missed some big shots in that second half, that particularly late in that game, that would have kept that closer. But still, anyone in the Big 12 is great. I was talking with Matt Norlander yesterday of CBS Sports. He thinks the Big 12 can get 11 bids this season. They have 12 teams. Entering last night, 12 teams. We're inside the top 70 in the net. And the record is 11. The record's 11. The Big East set it back in 2008. Um, <laughs> I I hope that the committee will realize how difficult this conference is night in and night out to grind and not reward some teams, you know, maybe in the ACC or even the Big Ten this season. Because this conference is where it's at right now. It's this is as good as I've as I've seen a conference since that Big East that that Big East before it blew up when it had Pitt and Louisville and those programs were at the top of their games and it it was before all the uh, all the teams went off into the ACC and then everything changed. But what's crazy too about the Big Twelve is you see BYU is two and four in the league and they're in the top five in the net it's incredible isn't that crazy and then Mm -hmm. so the other thing i was thinking about and we haven't had to deal with this for a long time i was thinking about this last night because iowa state only plays kansas once this year right which is sucks i hate that like they need to protect those types of games but whatever um the uneven schedule thing because i was thinking okay you're four and two. If you can win on Saturday, you're five and two. We should probably start talking about what does Iowa State have to do to win a regular season title. And we have the uneven schedules now in the Big 12. So Iowa State, actually, Matt, if you can go back to the standings just real quick, buddy, I, I'd appreciate that. 
Iowa State has to play that their their crossover games are are brutal as far as who do you play twice. They have to go to Houston, they get BYU twice, they get Oklahoma twice, and they have to go back to Kansas State on at the Last end of, game of the season. Yeah, so it gets. They have a really. I would guess that they have one of the toughest draws as far but as. But they do don't you have, have to, to go to Kansas, correct? Correct. I would rather go to Kansas than Kansas State because at least you would get more credit for it. Um, sure. I, here, real quick, this has nothing to do with. The, I got my parents. This is classic Mike Williams, my my dad. For those of you who don't know, I got my parents tickets to the Iowa State Kansas State game in Manhattan for Christmas. Oh my God. And they're staying at the team hotel and doing all that. And I call my—I always call my dad. It's we on the way home from Hilton. It's, we've been doing it for ten years, and <laughs> he was like, "Jesus, Chris, do I have to fucking go to that game?" <laughs> Just—he's like, "I'm scared for my health going to that game in in March. It will be a brutal, brutal atmosphere when Iowa State goes into." The octagon of. Doom. I kind of wish it was sooner than that. I I kind of wish that game was only two or three weeks away, and not all the way at the end of the season when things could change. Who knows what happens? But um, I'm sure they'll be ready to go <laughs> once that oh. comes around. But that that was um, it was impressive because Iowa State didn't have their A game. They got some big shots from some people that you might not think would hit big shots. I mean, just in the way they did it, really, the the huge shot was the one where they created the second chance opportunity. You save it inbounds, and then the crowd just goes crazy, just explodes. Yeah. And at Jones that point, that three. at that point, that was it. Jones has been the guy, Curtis Jones. The last two games, he's really taken his game to a whole new level for them when they needed it the most. Because Lipsy was, t- they needed Lipsy last night in a in a fight like that, but he had a lot of turnovers. You could tell he just wasn't a hundred percent, but he's just so he has such a knack to, you know, do the right thing and, and set his teammates up. I still think he had like six or seven assists or something like that. What a game. Um, really, I, I'm starting to become, I just am in awe of this big 12 basketball stretch. I just, I love it. I think it's my favorite thing in sports right now is just, I, I'm I'm bummed that it's not around Robin anymore because to me like that was really fun because you knew that all these teams were coming back around but still and then you you look at next year it's like you're adding Arizona you know like it's it it should just keep I don't think it's going to drop off really at all with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the league. Okay. Maddie, yeah, that's a great, what's up? Do you would you rather have the round robin or like a deeper better league like we have though? I th- I, I like these high quality matchups. Like with the round robin, usually you would get that top half, bottom half. It seemed like now, man, it's like ten, eleven teams. Yeah, right I don't. There I the like top. the round robin because it always gave me like an NBA playoff feel. Like the second time around, the teams have been scouted more. Nobody has an advantage. You're playing yeah. at their place, and they're coming to your place every year. And it, they did the round robin in a different era too, where the transfer portal didn't exist for the most part, and like these players played each other so much they hated mm-hmm. each other and these coaches hated each other and I don't know we'll see this is the first time around I don't know if they'll I hope they don't lose that but I can tell you what the teams that played last night despise one another like <laughs> do you think that we will find out what happened with with Tang 
I think it had. I think that the commenter is on to something. It had something to do with a person behind the bench and a cell phone, and I don't know anything more. But I don't. I don't know. So, but why were they screaming at the managers that were behind the basket on the, the court? If that's I the watched case. it, the guy was calling the manager. He wasn't. I don't think he was talking specifically to. He was pointing and looking at the managers. I think it was just because they had Iowa State polos on, and he was calling them cheating mother effers is what it looked like. And that's what and they told me. you think that I, was a reaction to someone behind the bench maybe recording video? Potentially, yes. And then but you I, had I don't, I a don't lot know. of Iowa State fans calling out I asked out everybody. The, my biggest thing after the game was to – you know, I'm trying to find out what happened, and there was – I'm guessing that Otzelberger and Tang said, let's just – kill this thing let's not make this an ongoing story heat of the moment whatever the only thing i know for sure is that it wasn't like there were a lot of stuff on twitter about offensive language and uh, i'm sure there was bad language but nothing like derogatory that was what i was worried about like did some stupid fan yell something right bad Uh, geez i hope that's not the case and, it, and I was told it was not, and Kansas State said that too, and, and there was nobody throwing anything. It just, just was really weird. I've never seen anything And then like you that. had all the, the pictures and videos that Iowa State fans tweeted out of the Kansas State assistant that, was, that would stand at midcourt in every timeout. And look, usually they don't wear, you know, they're not wearing a bright color outfit yeah. and standing right in the middle of the court on the logo. But there's always assistants that will watch the opposing huddle the whole time yes. out to see what kind of substitutions they might make. That that happens everywhere and yeah, every level. That that was an right, elite that... uniform combo, by the way. <laughs> Gold on one side, and what is that? Lavender. Lavender. God, I yeah. love that. I it's love that be- lavender jersey they have now. They need to lean into that with football too. Have a lavender, have a lavender football uniform. Wouldn't that be sick? I love yeah. it. I mean, I, I love it on the basketball court. I don't know what how it would translate on the football field. Or at least uh, use the once. at least use lavender accents. Yeah. I, I I think it's great because nobody else has that. That was awesome. Great game. Uh and you know, the intensity is what made it so awesome, and the coaches were a part of that. And it doesn't Otz doesn't get amped up very often, but he was <laughs> You, Tang got on his turf, man. You know, like and that. It was just weird. Like, if, what is the head coach supposed to do about a fan doing something in the middle of a game like that? Like, it, it was like, like, what is this? He, is he accusing Iowa State of being like Jim Harbaugh? And St- I, I have no idea. But it, it was just bizarre. I, but I, I swear to you, Chris, it changed the game. Uh, Tang. And his staff, if they keep it under control, their team was playing lights out at that point. They may end up winning that thing if they don't lose their composure like that. And I don't know if you noticed from being there, but uh, I can't remember at what time in the game it was, but it was definitely before the the Tang um, the Tang incident where he where he went down to TJ. But the announcer said, "Oh, TJ Otzelberger just got teed up." That wasn't the case. He did get a warning, though, for getting out of his coach's box, his coaching box. And that's why he was so upset that Tang oh, came okay. all the I way over to that side. That. I didn't pick up on that. 
Okay. That's crazy. All right. Uh, we are presented, as always, by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. We'll get to the Iowa game here momentarily. Oh, uh, we're we in the Channel Seed Studios. Real quick, we're going to give away a winner. Uh, we've been doing our contest. We're going to give our first-round winner away for tickets to the Zach Bryan concert with me at the Wells Fargo Arena coming up in April. Matty Van Winkle, bring you in. Who is our first winner? We've had Wait. thousands of entries to this thing, and we're going to keep giving them away here, uh, checking them off here over the next few weeks. So am I not invited too? You're just you're just going. You're just representing our we'll team. We'll figure that out. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Yeah. All right. Drum. We need a drum roll, maybe. <laughs> Brent Goodenow is our first winner. Congrats, Brent. Woohoo. Brent Goodenow. All right. Or Goodenow? Congratulations. How would you pronounce that, Hassel? Good day now. Good day now. I don't know. Hey, congrats, Brent. We'll see you at the show. We'll get a Thursday, April 25th. Awesome. And if you haven't gotten your entries in, we've got over 1,000 entries. IowaEverywhere.com. Get your entries in. We're going to pick two more winners the next two weeks. We are also going to do a Kane Brown concert giveaway as well. Matt, real quick, can you, can you fill us in on that? Yeah, we've got two contests going right now. This one you don't have to enter on our website. All you have to do is email us at win at iowaeverywhere.com. Tell us why you're thankful for your partner. Uh, that's all you have to do. You're going to win a pair of tickets to the concert in April and a $50 gift card to one of the great uh, full-court press restaurants here in Des Moines. So, Wait, why, you're, why you're thankful for your partner? What if you don't have a partner? You no, somebody win. asked that. No, somebody asked that. What? I, I, That's I, discrimination. Well, I said, I said, we'll make maybe we'll make an exception for like why you're thankful for your best friend or your pet. <laughs> this, this has to be a little bit, um, I don't know, embarrassing for Williams, considering, I don't know, a couple months ago on this very show, I said that I liked Kane Brown, and he told me Kane Brown's douche country. <laughs> not embarrassing you should be embarrassed uh, I, I'm embarrassed I guarantee you. you this show will be sold it, it, trust me just because I don't like an act necessarily doesn't mean it isn't going to sell out I can promise you look at Florida Georgia line going around the freaking country selling it that's your favorite band isn't it no I, I don't I'm not a big Georgia Florida line fan but I, I love Kane Brown I, I really do fly on up we'll get you at the Kane Brown show by the way, the Iowa Event Center just announced another big show. Nate Bargatze, comedian, coming to Wells Dude, Fargo the, Arena in, in May. So I think he's those my tickets favorite. go on sale tomorrow. I think he's my favorite comedian going right now. He's so funny. I he was on a couple of his bits, but they are pretty funny. God, yeah, they're good. They're really, really good. So, you know, the the Iowa game, we, we got to get to that. I, I was up watching this at 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, so you recorded it, came home, and watched it. Yeah, I mean, I watched the end of it live from Hilton, but mm -hmm. I'm not paying close enough attention. Couldn't really hear the announcers or, or anything like that. I, I had a lot going on. I had the Iowa State women on. I had the Iowa men on. Trying to keep track of the Drake game, too. It, and, I, and I had this game on in front of me. Uh, the Iowa men blow, what do they have, a 10-point lead? Yep. In this basketball game. This was a bad loss. This was the... This is a bad metrics loss for Iowa. 
And I, can I give you my kitchen refresh real quick just to start? Wait a minute. Well, I, I want to get your take on the game. And then I do have a really – did a little research on Iowa that I think is just critical that we talk about today. What did you think of everything last night, Chris? Lost to Maryland. Um, I just – the whole scene was, was rough. Um, e- even with a win, that, that was um, not a great night for Hawkeye basketball because it is just clear – that they've lost a lot of fans, that that fans are just checked out of this program. I, I really thought the students were still on break because there was nobody there. The only people in the student section area were the band members who had like spread out where they they, they could have like three seats between one another. There was never a shot in that whole game, I watched the whole game. I never saw a shot of a student. Never heard any loud reactions to anything. And a lot of people tweeting out that were there, tweeting out pictures of Carver, which was an absolute morgue. This is a Big Ten game against... This isn't Illinois or Indiana, but Maryland is a pretty big brand name in basketball. They're not great, but still, this they weren't playing, you know, Florida A&M. They weren't playing some bottom dweller. And it was a 6 p.m. game. What has been the excuse all, all these, these last few years? Why aren't fans, well, these 8 o'clock games, it's too late. This was 6 p.m. And still, I, I'm... I'm serious. I thought, so Scott Docterman, the pictures we're showing right now, Scott Docterman tweeted them out. They were attached to his story that ran earlier in the week uh, about the the apathy in the Iowa program. And I thought they were pictures from uh, a December game against a horrible team. I was stunned when I found out this was last night. These are pictures from last night, not before the game, not at halftime, during the game. Then you've got this guy who's sitting five rows up. He's got a a grandma sitting beside him across the aisle reading the newspaper in a three-point game with seven minutes to go, reading the newspaper. And she's looking at the TV guide in the newspaper, which I didn't even know existed anymore. There was a great side-by-side that Ted Flint tweeted out last night. And on one side, it was the Iowa fan, the old Iowa fan, reading the fucking newspaper five rows up behind the Maryland bench. And on the other side, it's the Iowa State geriatric jumping up and down, screaming at Jerome Tang, signaling the technical foul who is next to the Jim Carrey character. That, that's the juxtaposition here. That, that's the difference in these programs. Iowa State fans are bought in. Iowa fans are checked out. There <laughs> were more comments. people. Because I, I saw a video of Iowa State fans, Iowa State students, I should say, lined up outside the stadium while it was still light out. So this is hours before the game. There were more Iowa State students standing outside in line than students that actually attended the Iowa game. And then on top of that, 
they lose in that fashion. Yeah. Which well, that was made it, that was it. Prototypical Iowa defense, which was none on that last play. I mean, you know what's going to happen. Jameer Young is going to take that ball to the hoop. And there was no help. No help defense. It's the old Ole defense. Hold up the, the red sheet. Let the bowl run on through. That's what it was. And it was an easy layup to win it for Maryland. Yeah, poor Peyton Sanford had to come from out of nowhere to even challenge Maryland on that final play. And he, he wasn't anywhere near the ball. Um, yeah, Paul, you're wrong. Paul's watching this on YouTube and says, Chris, it's been that way for 40 years with the crowd. No, it hasn't. What's been that way for 40 years? Bad crowds at Carver no. Hawkeye Arena. It's no. not the case. I mean, it's not the case. Because we remember it. We were there. We, 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 we yeah. went to games in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. Even those Alford years. I mean, I remember that stadium. Carver in 05, 06 was rocking. When Iowa had that three seed, and they were really good at home with Horner and and Haluska and Bruner, this is the fan base telling the program, the university, that they're just they're that they're done with this era of Hawkeye basketball. That that is this simply that, just a revolt against Fran. Mc, what's interesting to me is because Iowa fans will often. Well, we don't want to go back to the Licklider era. You know, you, you hear that so often. And while I understand that, what what's what's really interesting, they've won. Like, they right. they go to tournaments. You play a, well, let's play a fun style of basketball that scores. They, well, they do that. Is this simply a revolt against Fran McCaffrey? I mean, is, is that what this... I don't is know because- if it's a revolt, but it's, it's the, the whole thing is just stale. Um, people don't want to spend time and money to watch that product in, what, now the 15th year of, of, of this Fran McCaffrey era? And I'm, I'm tired of hearing this. Oh, well, you know, you got to understand where, where it was coming from. That was 15 years ago, the Licklider stuff. Yeah. Especially in like this announcers era. Announcers will still say that. And I, well, well you got to understand, you know, what, what this program was. But there's 15 years ago in that that part of Hawkeye basketball. What was Licklider there for? Three years? I mean, that that is a long time ago. And just because you want something a little bit better, maybe a little bit different, doesn't mean that this whole thing was a failure. Like, Good point. Fran McCaffrey's done some great things. He he was fantastic at turning the program around, getting it out of the Licklider era, getting Iowa back into the tournament, developing players. But man, it, people get bored of of the same old thing. What what would bother me the most if I'm an Iowa fan and and I'm not clearly, but what would bother me the most is the lack of really aggression of one the portal, but two just accepting just the way things are, because you can turn this around quickly, right? Like there's really no such thing as a rebuilding year in 2024, 
in college basketball, and he has gone to the portal some, to be fair. Like, Fran is not – and he's not Dabo Sweeney. Like, but, he, but he also – when you hear Fran talk about these things, it's, it's often kind of a um, – I mean, it's not flattering towards the new era, right? Yeah. And while you don't have to like it, I want my guy to be able to adapt. And I just I don't feel like there's a lot of that going on here. Brian's watching. He says it's a revolt against a lack of defense and rebounding year after year. And I'm just when I watch these teams, these Iowa teams from a distance without much emotion involved, like that's the thing that's staggering to me. It's like, God, like that last possession last night oh, God. was infuriating. Yeah. I texted you this. I, I texted Hassel. I said, I'm not even an Iowa fan and I'm mad at how that thing played out. Because we all saw it coming. It I don't think that the guys weren't trying. If you didn't know, though, like it looked like they're just, ah, go ahead, take the layup. Can I give we, you my kitchen refresh? Kitchenrefreshiowa.com, sure. no pros. Did I did the research because I have texted you multiple times, and I, I, I tell you this every game. I don't know if I've ever seen a worse interior defensive team in my life than Iowa. They are currently ranked dead last in two-point defense in the Big Ten. Dead last by a long shot. Dead last in block percentage as well. That means they have absolutely no rim protection whatsoever. So I hadn't looked it up, Chris. What I did was I just I was like, okay, I keep saying this. I'm going to look for the data to back this thing up. And it was staggering how poorly they are rated in those categories. And that's not where it all is. I mean, they're not good on-ball defenders either. And in Fran's defense, when you play offense the way that they do, you're never going to have great defensive numbers. It's not all about mm-hmm. that. But God dang, like when, when you need to get a stop, like that was a terrible last defensive possession last night, and that was really just a cherry on top for what you're saying was just a really poor evening in general. You mentioned a couple words when, when talking about Iowa's problems. You mentioned aggression. Um. I think it's not just like looking at the portal. It's not just the new era, NIL. I just feel like it's always lacked. This, the Fran McCaffrey era has always kind of lacked an edge, an aggression. Like Fran has had an edge on the sideline. Iowa's best players are rarely have that edge. Like they and they and they often have a disposition for disappearing in big moments. I mean, g- going back to the the Utahs and the Jocks and the and the Aaron Whites, you would just you just never knew when someone was going to disappear. And that's kind of been the problem with Peyton Sanford this year. And he is pointed it out himself. He said it after the game. He's like, I can't disappear in these big moments. I feel like that's what I've been doing this year. And, and, and in the, 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 the stuff on defense, driving to the hoop, like get somebody, clobber somebody. You can't just give them an easy bucket, like challenge get some help, but make a challenge. Yeah. Instead of these guys, like remember Woodbury, he used to just, you know, he's seven foot two and he'd go and he'd lay it in. Dunk the fucking ball. Yeah. Like it just the 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 lack of like a true alpha. That's I, I feel like Iowa has lacked that almost this entire era. The only one who was close 
was a guy who wasn't very good at basketball, and that was Connor McCaffrey. But he he had that edge. He had that attitude. He would fight you. He yeah. would get in your head. You couldn't just push him around. And that's what made him a valuable player, even though he wasn't a great player. He wasn't even that good of a player. But he had that edge. Like I, I don't understand why it seems like the McCaffrey family at times has that. But the players don't. I also just wonder, too, with the Fran stuff, like, I, I just, I notice this when I'm watching, and it, he just never looks happy. <laughs> Ever. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not being, I'm not even being critical. I'm just trying to analyze this thing, like, why don't people show up to games? And I just wonder, it's like, does, he has to look happy, but he always looks miserable. Yeah. On the side. And it's just his style. I'm not, right. I understand that. And he's won a lot of basketball games being like this, but do, does it wear on you after 15 years? That it's just, you know, he was very gracious when he broke. It's a long time. It, it, just because fans are not showing up now, that does not mean that this era is a failure and that Fran no. McCaffrey is a bad coach. It's not, He's the winningest not coach in program history. Yeah, that means just, something. It, it it does. But, I mean, th- this is definitely a message. Like, you've lost the students. They're gone. Like, it, for a while, it was really, really bad. And they'd show up for big games. And, yeah, there were a few of them there for the Purdue game. Fine. But that's the number two team in the country. If, if you're not showing up for a 6 o'clock game in the Big Ten – on a Wednesday night. I mean, nobody. Well, that's up my that. thing. So I, I did a CW pod with Jess settles before the season started. And we talked about the students and that was one of Jess's big things is they've got to reengage the students and, and find a way to get them back and move. My, my question is, okay, let's say, and I think Beth gets is a great hire. Like we're all really mm-hmm. impressed with her. We think she's going to do a lot of good work here. Let's say they do a deal where they move the student section. Like, I don't know I don't how know you can that you do can that. Risk that. Can you do that if they're not showing up? Like that, that's my thing. I can't make I, them I like the Cameron crazies if they're not going to appear at the games in the big. I 10. agree because then it becomes even worse. Yeah, and even more embarrassing if you give them all the best seats. Move the old people who are actually coming, even even though they're reading the paper. Move them back. Then it could be an even bigger problem. But you got to do something. You got to figure something out now. Mentioned that the article from Doctorman earlier in the week, which was great, and I great thought it article. was very fair. You know, praising McCaffrey for yeah, totally fair uh, the development and NBA players and wins and uh, really no seasons where the bottom just falls out. But it's clear that there's something very wrong here, and there was uh, somebody. In the, in the business, uh, quote tweeted, his name's Kevin Sweeney, covers college basketball, quote tweeted Docterman's article and said, running Fran out of Iowa would be a Jamie Dixon at pit level dumb decision. If playing a fun style, producing NBA players every year and making the NCAA tournament is apathy driving in Iowa City, would shudder to think what will happen with the fan base when the new guy is worse. I'm fine saying like Fran doesn't deserve to be pushed out. Like I, I understand that. Like he's winning. He's still won. He, and he's got he's, a huge contract. He's not getting. Fired. Well, yeah, 
So yeah. if you're let's, a fan let's, out let's there, let's be honest here. Like yeah. I'm not saying Beth gets what you need to do. You need to get Fran out of there right now. You can't. No, that's like, not realistic. If you're a fan no. out there tweeting that, it's not going to happen. But, but the comparison to Jamie Dixon, I thought was asinine. Like I, I don't know how you could compare Fran McCaffrey at Iowa to Jamie Dixon at Pitt. So I ran the numbers. Dixon, 13 years at Pitt. Fran is in his 14th season at Iowa. Overall win percentage. I'm just going to go. Dixon leads in all these categories, so I'm just going to give his numbers. Well, Dixon went deep in the tournament, didn't he? Let me get there, buddy. Okay. (laughs) I've got the numbers here. Yeah, I was say, like, I remember them going quite a week. Dixon versus Fran. Overall win percentage, 73% to 60%. Conference win percentage, 64% to 51%. Tournament wins, 12 to 4. Conference titles, 2 to 0. Sweet 16s. Dixon went to 3. We know how many Fran's been to. Elite 8's, 1. We know how many Fran's been to. Dixon was the national coach of the year. Three different awards, three different publications, but he was the national coach of the year three different years. Wow. Fran has not never even been a coach of the year in, in conference play. So, look, there are times when you might, quote-unquote, run somebody out of town even though they're a good coach, even though they've done good things. Tom and Davis. It do- doesn't end up being, yes, Tom Davis is a pretty good example. But, but comparing Fran to Jamie Dixon. And then there's the, the stuff that doesn't show up on paper, right? The, the Just the fact, it was kind of the same thing with Gary Barta. The fact that he's just not beloved by the fan base. N- never has been. Fan base really liked the way he turned things around. But he's never been a beloved character. So he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt if things start going the other way. And that's not something that you can see, you know, in in on a stat sheet or in your career accolade. You, you don't see you either are beloved or you're not. You either mm-hmm. are well liked or you're not. And in Doctorman's article, he pointed out certain examples as as to why these Iowa fans don't particularly love him. And it's you know you go to you go to iClub events. You go you go to events all around, and he's he's not that approachable. Well, I would just compare him to Kirk Ferentz. He's the most. I feel like Kirk Ferentz emulates Iowa's fan base. I feel like he's a good representation of you know, and I, I and it's funny because they're both Eastern Seaboard guys. Yeah, but Ferentz seems a lot more Midwestern than Fran. But I mean, Ferentz is like. I, I know they're winning 10 games. I make this point all the time. But, you know, think of all the stuff that he's fought through, even off the field, right? With the, and it, like, people just have his back because they, they like him. I always tell these coaches, like, they all think it's, well, we have to win. We have to, you're right. But at some point, you're not going to win. There's going to be a down year. There is. Like, you're not going to win unless you're Bill Self. At some point, you have to worry about like giving a little bit of yourself back to the mm-hmm. fan base and being likable. That is part of your job. I truly, truly believe that. Most coaches would reject that. I think they're wrong. 
Especially in this state. Right. In this state. I mean, they're the the essence of our state. Like we have a freaking caucus, right? Yeah. Oh well, we we could just all go vote, but no, let's all sit around in a circle and discuss the politics and and try and have a conversation. Like the essence of our state is like nice Iowa, nice, and it's it's just hard to attract. When you just when you look mad all the time, I, I personally Fran has been um, he was fine to me when I was at Kicks. You know we haven't obviously had him on on this show. I thought he was very gracious when he broke Tom Davis's record. Tom Davis was beloved though. To your point, yeah. Fran said Tom all Davis the right had things. a similar resume to Fran, I would think, in a harder Big Ten nonetheless. He did go to a Sweet Sixteen on his way out, but like he just everybody I mean, just really well, liked him. I think he went to. Pretty sure he went to three Sweet Sixteen. Okay, yeah, probably before my time there. But point being, different era too. Fran's got a lot harder deal with social media, and just there's so much more. There's idiots like us talking every. Mm-hmm. It isn't two guys named Jim. It's two, you know, like it's not once mm-hmm. a week on on terrestrial radio. He's got people tweeting at him constantly. So the job's gotten harder in that sense. But I, I don't know. Like I just don't think like switching the student seating is going to fix it. As far as the students, like well, they've I, been NCAA I tournament teams right now, with national players point. of the year candidates, and nobody goes. But something has to be done. You've got to figure something out. Remember in the Licklider days, they would get they would get students in they by giving them free pizza, and it would work. They'd at least have more students than were there last night. I honestly, I've never seen since the Licklider era. I've never seen Carver like it was last night for a Big Ten game at a decent time. And not to make this about Iowa State, but I'm going to. I think Iowa State, there's old timers who will argue with me because I, I wasn't there during the Orr years and the Eustacia years and stuff, so I, I can't comment to that. Since I've been around, and that was year one of Wayne Morgan, I think this is as good as Hilton's ever been. And I can't really... I, I do. I think that you've had some sustained success, right? Other than the end of the prom era, like you've been a tournament team almost every year, so that definitely helps. You've had some you've had some deep runs, but there's something going on right now, and and I can't put my finger on it. But the last I started to think this last year, I'm wondering if it's not the defensive intensity that is just people watch the games and it, it's like a fight out there. And I, yeah. I wonder if like it's amping them up more. I don't know exactly what it is, but on that side of the state, Chris, it is the fans of, it's like they're interjecting themselves into the game. Now mm-hmm. Hilton's always kind of been like that, but I feel like it's at a different level. And maybe there's some Iowa state fans out there that can correct me, but I just, that's just my vibe from sitting there courtside. Well, it was certainly fantastic last night in the second half. I thought that was as good as the crowd's been all season. I thought it was even better than the Houston game. Houston game didn't have students from what, And it from was that blizzard, so like right. it was only like 70% full. Last night was completely full. And Saturday is going to be insane. Saturday will be one of the great atmospheres definitely in the Otzelberger era. Getting a lot of people in the comments saying that they believe that the Carver atmosphere for men's games is a is being affected by the Caitlin Clark buzz on the women's side. 
So people don't want to go to both. What was you that? Buy that? Chris? Yeah, I mean, maybe they're spending their money in one spot and not going. To, I I don't know. It's just I feel like, but this isn't the first year we've had this conversation, right? True. This has been trending for a while before Caitlin kind of took off into the superstardom. So I'm sure it probably has something to do with it. You know, people only have so many. I'm this way. Like I, obviously, this is my job. I would love to be at every Iowa State women's game as a fan. It's my my favorite thing to do at Iowa State. I've said this for 15 years. But like, unfortunately, when I have to cover these men's games all the time, my kid has events. You know, she has. Stuff you only have so many nights to be hanging out at a college basketball arena, so there's probably something to that. It's just how many years are we going to have this conversation? And they're not going to the tournament this year, but they have. It's not like Iowa has sucked, right? Let's okay, be real. If, if you're Beth Getz, you just got the interim tag pulled off. Th- this is yours now. Okay, this is yours. If you're to do one thing to improve the atmosphere at Carver. Right now, what would it be? I would definitely it, it it involves students. Maybe they're doing this now. I would give out free season tickets, free student tickets. Don't even charge them. Beg them to come to the game. It's got to start there. That's where the energy has to be. Get, but I, I think I, you have to go. I think you have to go further than that. I don't think you can just say, "Hey, show up." I think you've got to like go to their wherever they live, like pick them up and bring them. Yes, like drive a that, bus around town. Did you know that's what, how Dan McCartney stop at all the fraternity houses, have pizza on the bus, say, "Hey, come on, we're taking you to the Iowa game tonight. You got free pizza." All right, I think that's the only. I don't think you can just say, "Hey, show up," because they're not going to. Yeah, because they got to go that get river. their asses. And move them closer to the action. They're so far back. They're not even part of the atmosphere, really. Yeah, and I don't know how you really do that without putting them around the court Which and risk that being totally empty. Put them on the non. Put them on the non-TV side. Dan McCartney used to do what you're talking about at the start. Of, he he would go and have dinner at frat houses and bring like fifty tickets to the upcoming football game and like beg these guys at these at these frat houses to go to the game like he's told me stories about it i mean he shouldn't have to do that in year 15 for a successful program but i don't i don't know what i don't know what i don't know what the answer is i don't either how do you think the players feel when they see i feel bad for them when they see what that atmosphere is like for women's games when they see what the atmospheres are like for road games man i was the last couple nights, I've watched games all over the country in every conference. And it's hard to find a worse atmosphere than Carver. Like I, I was watching a, it was like Georgia LSU at Georgia. Two middling teams in the SEC. I don't even know if either one of them are tournament teams. And the place was rocking, absolutely rocking. Can you give free alcohol to students, or is that feels illegal to me? <laughs> that that might be the only way you're going to do it. That feels like there's some <laughs> laws being broken. If you, yeah, probably. So I did my kitchen refresh. I I, I did want to give my guys a plug. They are done with my kitchen. I'm going to do a reveal video and photo. It looks fantastic. I'm in love with it. 
they were only here for three days. It's such a seamless process. I would encourage you guys and gals listening and watching, if you're going to be getting a tax return, you should highly consider this. They're only there three days. It's super non-invasive. Our kitchen looks brand new. Uh, KitchenRefreshIowa.com. My buddy's over at No Pros. And again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a video and some pictures, and I'll post those all over social media so you can see. They raised my cabinets. It looks totally new and for a fraction of the price of, of all that other stuff. So shout out to them. Let's right. do We got to hey, get hey, into hey, some. Wait, wait. What? I've got to do my kitchen refresh. Jesus Christ. I didn't know you had one. Okay. You didn't put it. You left it blank on the rundown. You don't have to start using the Lord's name in vain with me. Okay. God, it's so hard to get a word in sometimes with you. You always want to <laughs> get different sponsors in and transition to a new. Sorry. Topic. We got to pay a few bills around here. My kitchen refresh is Iowa State fans don't ever change. Matt, go go ahead and play that video again of the, the Jim Carrey character and the old man. That's just hilarious. And I know, you know Kansas State fans are shitting all over these guys. This is <laughs> this is hilarious. So like, good. This is how you. Get, I mean, you are right there. You are affecting that game. <laughs> Boo every single foul call, every call that goes against you. Just keep being you. That's that's Hilton magic to me. Cyclones versus the world, baby. <laughs> Meanwhile, Matt, I had Matt pull this. Um, we were discussing last night over text. Matt, I didn't even know they still printed the TV guide, and it it came up with this is the first thing that that came to my head last night. <laughs> Oh no, are we going to get kicked off of YouTube for this? into a house and take a TV guide. How does she expect you to watch TV? Am I just supposed to turn it on and wander aimlessly around the dial? Hello, is Elaine home? Elaine Davis? Oh, she's my son's friend. And she's not welcome in this house. Oh, because... I made her this very special gift, okay? It's, it's a bouquet of paper from her TV guide. <laughs> That's my TV guide! <laughs> the shreds. She gave that to you! Yeah, that was the first thing I thought of last night when you sent me that, that TV guide deal. There's always a Seinfeld episode. Did you know that they still put a TV guide in the newspaper? I mean, I get the register on Sundays, but I don't ever open it. I, if I'm going to read it, I'm, I always read it digitally, so I've never really looked. Do they have, like, I, in the TV guide now, do they have, like, the Netflix? Oh, well, coming that, up that, soon so on Netflix. That's, that's what I'm wondering. Like, what are you putting in there? <laughs> I, you, I guess you just, it's old people, so you assume, okay, they probably have cable. What's on, you know, CBS, NBC, Fox, ABC, PBS, um, you know, what, what else is in your regular cable these days? Cause it used to be, you know, it would only, it would, you'd have like 30 channels. And so you could list every channel on that TV guide in the newspaper, but yeah, everybody's streaming now. Like really we're wasting newspaper space and ink and paper on that, on the TV guide in this, this, this poor woman. You'd be surprised, man. How many people read that TV guide? Really? You how think many so? old? Oh, 
80 people 80 plus are all about that TV when's guy. matlock on tomorrow same time it's been on every <laughs> single day for the last 35 years the best part is that like she had all day to read the paper she's like i need to save this for the iowa game <laughs> <laughs> yeah it used to be the what is uh, that lady doing at new like at, at 10 o'clock well, in the morning so <laughs> I, I loved what the guy did that and I can't remember his name, whoever posted the the video of that, because I sent that thing around and, you know, oh, it was Scott Sipker. He's like, oh, that's just an old photo that's been floating around for for years. And I said, no, it's not. Look at the video. The guy who posted it knew that's what people would say. So he made sure to zoom in on the scoreboard. And it showed Iowa was up by three points with seven minutes to go against Maryland and then zoom back out right over to the woman who's just like slouched over checking out the TV guide. Somebody said the best way to get, you know, we're talking about trying to improve the atmosphere at Carver, get no more reading. butts in the seats, get everybody <laughs> a free subscription to the local paper. The Iowa City Press. Everybody gets a free Iowa City Press citizen if you come to Carver tonight. At least they're not knitting. <laughs> you know, it's better. Is Back it, in the I, day I at Iowa State, they had that guy at the women's games, Wild Bill. Do you remember Wild Bill? Oh, yeah. I remember Wild He'd Bill. He'd stand up there and carry it on. Yeah. And he, and he was... And this is before women like there was good crowds at Iowa State women's game, but not like it is now. And his wife was always while he's like hammering the officials and just carrying on. She's sitting there knitting, and they would buy three seats because his wife didn't want to sit next to him because he was so crazy. Old Wild Jesus. Bill. Well, I would say knitting might actually be better because at least like you're doing something, you're working towards something. You're creating something. If you're reading the TV guide at an Iowa game, you are at an event, yet you are looking for entertainment down the road. When can I get other entertainment that's not in front of me right now? Where can I watch that? And your head is buried in the newspaper. Let's jump into the NFL weekend with our friends from DRF Sportsbook. I downloaded the app last week. I know Maddie Van Winks did too. Great app. Really, really happy with it. I did not have it prior to last week, and it is now my go-to sportsbook app. So I'm doing a parlay that will be on the app. If it's not yet, it will be soon. I don't know if they're like putting my picture on it or what, but it's the Chris Williams parlay of the weekend. We're going to be doing this through March Madness. Now, why I you came up with that? a fun one. This is a fun one. This I, I did this for everybody, okay? I wanted everybody to have a good time watching the 49ers-Lions game. We're going 49ers minus 7. Sam Laporta touchdown and Brock Purdy goes over 249 and a half passing yards plus 750 are your odds. What do you think about that hassle? I I prefer the uh, Lions money line and Ooh. Brock Purdy over one and a half interceptions. Whoa. What would that pay out? 
That, I don't know. That that would be well over ten to one. You really think the Lions are going to win? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to piss Van Winkle off. Oh, okay. <laughs> Van Winks. I think the 49ers are going to roll this weekend. It's Do just, you really? It feels feels like they got those kinks worked out last week, and the, Detroit's a great story, but their defense, specifically in the back end, is not a great tackling defense. If Debo Samuel plays, I, I like the 49ers to cover this weekend. You look at the four teams that are remaining in contention here, going into Championship Sunday. You have the top three defenses in the NFL as far as points allowed. 49ers, Chiefs, Ravens. And then it is a drop down to the Lions at 23rd. That seems like it's going to be the difference. Unless Detroit can somehow put up a pretty big number on San Francisco. Another cool thing DRF is doing, so they're only operating in Iowa. So they, they're they spending a lot of time on our state, obviously. They're putting up, and again, I don't know if they're on there yet, but if not, they will be today. Hawkeye fan specials and Cyclone fan specials for the upcoming weekend. I'm going to give you some of these. It's really cool. Um, it's just props for former Cyhawk players. George Kittle. Oh, cool. Um, like an example, Kittle over 58 and a half receiving yards. Laporta over 46 and a half. David Montgomery, Brock Purdy's on there. And they're just putting props for former Cyclone and Hawkeye players to to get Iowa and Iowa State fans interested in this. This part, this is a really cool part of working with the sports book that's just operating here in our state. Is they're gonna they're gonna work really hard to do cool stuff like this with us here at Iowa everywhere. And uh, I talked to Aiden, and he's gonna keep everybody updated on social media about about all these great deals that you can do this weekend. So enjoy that. I, But I'm, I'm going, uh, do you think the Ravens, I got the Ravens beating the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs would lose last week. The Ravens are just kind of, it feels like at a different level than everyone in the AFC, but damn it, how do you bet against Mahomes? That's, as a the, that's, three the, and a half that's my problem. Dog, I, it's a hard game. If you're giving me that hook, I'd probably take the Chiefs plus three and a half. If you're giving me the hook. The metrics will tell you that the Ravens should probably be favored by five and a half. I mean, they're really good, but this is Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. This is his sixth straight AFC Championship game. This is Lamar Jackson's first. It's weird that the defending champs and it's the team that's won multiple titles, it feels like they're playing with house money and the pressure is on the Ravens. Great point. I do think Baltimore is absolutely the superior team. But I just find it hard taking taking the Ravens over the team that we've seen do it over and over and over again. It's just something feels still off with the Chiefs. Like, they just don't feel the same, but it didn't matter last weekend, so... This By the way, the I heard that you, you got the best player in the world. CW podcast with you and Spopker. Did you enjoy that? Not really. No. I I think you guys are nuts. Appreciate Saying, the you, support. You, to, to think that the the gall for Spopker to think that the that the Bills fans have had it worse than Lions fans. Are you yeah, kidding me? Who do you think you are? How self-important are you? 
The Lions hadn't won a playoff game since 1991 until this year. The Bills had been to at least three Super Bowls since 91, maybe four. All kinds of division championships, playoff wins. And I'm not sitting here saying, I'm a Bears fan. I'm not sitting here saying that the Bears fans have had it worse than than Bills fans. I'm not saying that. But the Bills have had more success over the last four years than I really have had my entire sports watching life. Like I think in my entire sports watching life, Bears have won five division titles. Bills have won four straight. Bears have won like three, four playoff games. Bills have done that in the last few years. I think you should have pushed back a lot harder on that son of a bitch. Man, but they, like, to his point, when the Bills blow Yes, it, they've man, gotten closer. Oh, they just blow it. And they've been better, but I think that's why Lions fans have had it worse because they haven't even had all these wins to cheer for. I feel these like with the with my Vikings victories, though, these with division between, championships between Favre and Gary Anderson, I think I trump all of you. Just those two alone. Well, yes, I would put the Vikings ahead of the Bills too. Yeah, but you you by the end of the show, well, he, you he raised with him. good points. I wasn't you, just like, gonna, you're like, oh yeah, you're right, Scott. Your Bills have been really bad. Yeah, I'm so sorry for you. You're making me sound like Bloom. <laughs> well, any crybaby sounds like that. Uh, all right, Bloom's we're way crybaby. over. Get, get your DRF sports. We didn't book. even can... we didn't even touch on the whole gambling stuff. But I know, we didn't touch it's on still that. Going, we we had we we had to talk last night. We didn't get that, Carver. That was an incredible night. Or we didn't get Jim Harbaugh the to the Chargers. Um, we have a yeah. We we got a lot. Unfortunately, we only have about an hour because Chris has to go and do his big national television show. Big shot here. If you are an Iowa State fan and you want more on that game, Bloom and I are going live to do our midweek pod at 1030 on Cyclone Fanatic. So we'll be we'll be doing more on that game if you're an Iowa State fan. Uh, thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Have a good day, brother. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Matt. Matt Van okay? Winkle. What's going on? I'm What's the matter with you? I didn't like how you were talking about my 49ers. <laughs> So, bang bang, let's go. So we can see, like we can see Van Wink even when you guys can't on the on the stream. Like we see him in a box down below, and for the last thirty minutes, he's just been sitting here like this, mm-hmm. just hand on his mm-hmm. on his chin, just like he wants this show to end as fast as possible. He's nervous, man. Oh, we didn't even get to the the Royal Rumble, which is Saturday night. Who oh, you picking? Get out of here with that. Who do you got? Who's CM in Punk? What? You got CM Punk? I almost turned your CW pot off because you that was started a big the whole sports business conversation. With, I don't with the the WWE going to Netflix. It's a big deal. Five billion dollar deal. You're He's Chris Hassel. My name is Chris Williams from Maddie Van Winkle. Thanks to our friends at Fairway, and we'll be back on Monday morning. Later. Iowa everywhere.